You are listening to the Future Drive Podcast. I'm Jermaine Muller, your host, and every episode I have conversations with great people working on even greater things, and you get to listen in. We talk about where they got started. Oh my goodness, like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I'm going to work in TV. How do I, how do I even, like, I don't know how to present. <laughs> what do I do? What they've done. I started uh, paying me at home with, with no clients. I think uh, within the first six months, we had $600,000 turnover. The next uh, year, it was $9 million and then $15 million. The lessons they have learnt. But we did not get the grant. And we're about two weeks out and $20,000 down. And much, much more. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Future Tribe. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. On this episode, I've got Talia Cooper from Jake Collective. Did I get that right? Or Collection, sorry. You did. You did. It's Jake. Jake. It's a little twanglet. It's Jake. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> like Jihoshi, you know? Why did you, uh, why did you sort of go with that? Look, like my middle name's Jay, so it's spelled J-A-E. It's, um, yeah, it's a little bit different to, you know, classic J-A-Y. Um, but when I started the business, because it's a Parisian themed boutique, I kind of wanted something that sounded a little bit, you know, unique um, and also a little bit more premium. And I guess Jake kind of just like came into the mix. So that's uh-huh, how it uh-huh. is now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got to, I guess it goes to show, you've got to think a little bit more about your name than just sort of coming up with something. It's got to, like like you've touched on, it's got to have that sort of Parisian, sort of European flavour to it. Yeah, have a yeah certain... it's a little bit bougie, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's uh, all part of sort of the the vibe that you're going for. Not bougie, but <laughs> the yeah. the sort of premium um aesthetic we we sort of jumped right into it on on this episode so far but give me an idea of um what you guys do first for those who don't know yeah so basically we are an australian online boutique um we specialize in both men's and women's fashion and essentially the collection is sort of tailored around what i touched on earlier australian and parisian is that you say parisian fashion trends um and i'd like to think that we're quite affordable and we're quite unique in market at the moment as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay and um when did you start the business um, so i started this a little over two and a half years ago now i was working in hospitality at the time i had a budding career in hotel management and i was thinking to myself you know do I really want to be in hospitality for the rest of my life? No offense, I love everyone in hospo, but I just felt really uninspired. And I thought, you know, I've done, I had a degree in entrepreneurial management. Um, I managed people for a living mm-hmm. as well. So I figured, you know, why not fuse those two together and come up with something creative that I can call my own? And it was kind of like, I try to think back about like when, when it started or why I did it. And it was one of those things that just sort of, jumped out of nowhere, I guess. I kind of went home and started doing all this research. And, you know, if I look back on what my first website looked like, oh my God, that thing was horrendous. I'm pretty sure it has like a purple background, but you know, we all start somewhere. Um, and yeah, I couldn't think of it, but I was just really uninspired and it just, just started the business out of nowhere. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, I guess it just goes to show sort of I believe that businesses start out of an out of a need and a passion and not not sort of I know a lot of people who spend time trying to work out you know I want to start a business what what's that business going to be in and then they do all this research and what you end up with I believe is sort of you get into business because you want to 
you want to get into business, not necessarily because you you have a passion or you have some need that you see you're solving. I mean, you've mentioned you guys are sort of unique in the market. Um, so I would assume that you felt like there was a need for for that sort of solution or that sort of product and then just sort of yeah at the it. same time i have a really unhealthy obsession with clothes so <laughs> i mean like most girls my age as well um and i think when i started it one of the big things that i thought about was you know spending all this money giving um to other online retailers and i had this light bulb moment was like you know if i have my own business I'll have my own, you know, clothes that I can access. Little did I know there is so much more work that goes into running a business and than just having a couple of clothes on the side. Um, yeah, that's kind of what fueled a little bit of um, the business journey in the start and just not wanting to do the nine to five grind as well was a big, um, big factor there too. Yeah, especially in hospitality, I assume that can be very tiring, very on your feet and managing people in hospitality. It's a it's sort of a wild ride. I, I um I always think about it like in the restaurant or hospitality space, you don't really ever know what's gonna happen when you when you open. You don't know how many customers you're gonna have, you don't know how many orders you're gonna have. You sort of it's like every day you just take a punt and just go, Okay, we're gonna open up and then just go where it takes us. There's no, there's no real predictability, at least in a lot of other businesses. You can book in appointments, you can book in meetings, you can book in work. Hospitality is nothing like that. So I, I'm sure there's an element of when you got into your own thing of having a bit more control and arguably a little bit easier even. You talked about, you know, girls your age. Um, so How old I'm are you? I'm 25, almost 26 now. But when I started jake i would have been 2017 so maybe 22 23 i think yeah okay so you were in hospitality at the time so you would have had a degree under under your belt sort of finished that up and then gone into full-time work at that yeah, stage or? so because um in the hospitality industry well in hotel management i was working nights so that meant that i could go to uni during the day so i would always work full-time and i would always go to uni during the day um but once that finished I didn't really have anything else to do. I was just working and I was like, well, I've got to, I've got to do something with my degree, you know, I've got all these skills. Um, and I had a, you know, full French um, schooling as well since kindergarten. So I was fluent in French um, for 10 years and thought maybe I should, you know, do something with my French language and my business acumen and make something of it. Yeah. And so you're based in Canberra or? Um, so I was when I initially first started the online store, but that's the beauty of being online, right? I can take it anywhere. Um, I still have a lot of stock still down there, but I'm now currently in Sydney. And okay. this is purely because we have a lot more suppliers up here. It's easier uh -huh. to have those day-to-day -day interactions with them. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go. I, I'm definitely going to get into um, sort of suppliers and how you made that happen, but let's go rewind a little bit. So you, you were in hospitality, you decide that you want to try this business. What, what was the next step for you? Did you quit and then just start the business from, from day one or what was your approach there? Yeah. Um, well, I couldn't quit straight away. I mean, if there's one takeaway, you can't just quit your day job, you know, like yeah. you still, unfortunately, you still, you still need that capital. You still need to be working. 
Um, but I did go home and after every shift and I would sit there and I would just research because, you know, it's so hard to find suppliers nowadays and no one, it's not just a simple quick Google search either. I really had to do some digging through all my socials and then there's of course you know things I'd never done before like setting up a website or you know getting into digital ads and it was all a really self-learning journey um so I did that for a while but the next big step that I took which is what led me to live in Sydney was I just applied for a social media manager role in Sydney Mm -hmm. mind you like my only experience at this point was creating my own my own thing so I was really going out on a whim and trying to sell myself into something bigger than what I was and hey it turned out for the best and I landed a job in Sydney and I learned a lot on the job from there and just building up my own store at the same time. Yeah, well, I mean the saying sort of goes that if you want to do do something um sort of mind-blowing, you've got to put in the work to get there, right? You've got to put in you've got to do what um, what other people don't want to do or don't think you should do. And part of that is definitely going out on, on a bit of a limb, sort of taking a bit of a chance and pushing yourself because if you're not going to push yourself, like who, who's going to do that for you? Obviously, exactly. you know, no one's going to come knock you on your shoulder and go, listen, you know, there's this job that we don't feel like you really know much about and you aren't really qualified for. Do you want to come do it? You have to sort of put yourself in that position. And um, what it sounds to me like is you're, you, you, you're, a bit of a sort of go-getter sort of thinking, okay, like I have to take these steps. I have to take these actions to sort of push myself to the next level. So you you started, you, you moved to Sydney, you've got this business going. How did you, like, what were the first steps? What did you do? Did you, did you sort of work out suppliers first? Actually, even before we get to that, in terms of the pieces that you sell, is, are those custom pieces that you design and make or are you more of a retailer than necessarily like a designer yeah so um currently at the moment i'm definitely just a retailer so everything that falls under the jake umbrella brand i guess you say can come from different suppliers that i have i have a majority of them are in sydney but you know i've got a really niche brand that i work with from byron bay got a few in perth and melbourne as well um it just depends where i get Um, the stock from but yeah I guess when I first started I was definitely on the phone a lot I was really putting myself out there and you know you you have to because suppliers they have they have um, clothes to sell like they're not going to say no they want your money Um, but yeah I just put myself out there I had to have a little bit of money saved on the side just to buy the first few bits of stock but yeah I just I run everything myself. I did the website myself. All my socials are run myself. Um, and that's kind of what you have to do when you're first starting out as well. Like you don't have much capital to play with. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how it's Well, you've got to see if it sort of flies and if it gets traction first, um, especially if you're doing it, you know, based off your savings and not like some huge cash infusion from a big sort of um, investor or something like that. You've got to work within your limits. There's no point hiring a whole team if you've got to fire them three months down the line because your idea didn't even pan out, you know? Um, So did you then source those supplies? So did you have an idea of what you were going to sell, then build the website and then get on socials? Or did you just start building the website, get on socials, start creating a buzz while you worked out what pieces you were going to stock and what pieces you were going to sell? Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely looked at, you know, you have to think about what kind of what season we're in. So I think when I first started, I was it was spring, summer. 
Um, I found a lot of inspiration on Pinterest um, and also just looking around the market, kind of what my competitors or who I would consider competitors are putting out. Um, and then just tailoring sort of a collection around that at the same time, because I am Parisian like themed, I definitely took on a lot of Paris trends as well at the time and tried to fuse that into what um, the first collection or the first drop was going to be. Um, but yeah, it was just more, you just got to start really. Like I'm not a big planner as much as they say, you know, you need to work everything out. You really don't. You just need to put yourself out there. I had a really nice beautician at the time. This is actually a really nice story. And she, um, she runs her own business as well. And I remember talking to her, she's doing my eyelashes at the same time. And she goes, you know, Tali, you just need to stop posting pictures. Like, honestly, you can't just sit there and mull over what you're going to do. And when you're going to post it, just, just start. And I was like, you know what? You're so, you're so right. And I just did. I just, I got a few models together, some of my friends, um, and we just took some photos and away we went. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true, right? You, you just got to start and because people try and get it right the first time. Like I I can't think of anyone who's gotten it right the first time. I'm sure like you, you think back to even like your photos when you were like 15, um, you always, (laughs) you always look back and go, you know, what was I doing with my hair? What was I wearing at the time? Yeah. And, And that's all to say that you can't, at the very least, you're going to, you're going to look back at yourself and go like, I was young and silly then. Like I was doing like trends change. I mean, I had the, you know, Justin Bieber emo haircut at one point. Um, (laughs) It's trending, right? (laughs) Exactly. It was trending. So you look back and you go, I was very stupid to do that or that, that looked ridiculous. But at the time that, that wasn't the case. And a business is the same thing. You just got to start. And I'm sure you'll go back on your Instagram feed and think, Oh, like, what was I really thinking at that point? Like, it's not on yeah. brand, or it's not it's not what it is now. But then, that's what it takes to mature. Like, you 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 have to do those things to understand what you should and shouldn't do. What what's gonna work and what's not gonna work. You can you can do all the research in the world, but until you actually start doing it, like, it doesn't matter. And then, yeah. you know, you talked about getting your friends on board. I love that because it's to me that's like actually gathering and looking at the resources that you can tap into that you've got right there with you because another person would have said oh i don't have the budget to hire models or i don't know any models who do it for cheap and and come up with all these excuses like well just just get your friends like i'm sure if you ask your friends come around guys i'll give you some outfits we'll just have fun take a few photos and and then you could even ask them to post and tag your tag your brand in in those and sort of start to look at how you can get traction in that sense that's right yeah really your network is there's a saying i think your network is your net worth yeah and i yeah definitely you're it's kind of like an unplanned pregnancy right i i haven't had a, i haven't had a baby <laughs> but um you're never gonna is this your way of just be, telling everyone <laughs> yeah, no, i promise i'm not pregnant guys um but no you're never gonna be you know the most financially or emotionally ready um as you want to be and you know things are definitely just not going to be perfect first go you just really have to roll with it um and you've got to let go of the pressure and um, perception of what you think others might think of you as well. There's a lot of stigma around that. People don't want to go for their dreams just because they think, of, you know, X, Y, Z is going to think I'm weird for putting myself out there on video or, you know, you just got to not sweat the small stuff and just take, you know, take it one step at a time and have small incremental goals. That's it. And one thing I've also realised is that if you think that 
you know, the pressure of starting and, and, and all that's going to be really difficult. And, and, you know, you're worried about failure. It's the other side is true as well, right? If you think that business is going to be easy once you start doing really well, you then have another, like you still have the same amount of problems, probably even more problems when your business is going well. Um, You know, how do you, like, let's say you guys just started selling like crazy tomorrow. How do you make that happen? How do you track or how do you get the shipping out in time? Because people aren't going to wait for a week for you to dispatch something. How do you, you know, handle any issues that there might be? How do you source all the clothes from suppliers? How do you fund those things? Like people forget that it's not, it's not just failure that's that's going to be challenging even if you do well it's going to be challenging like i think there's this general idea that you know oh business like as long as i do well like it'll be fine it'll be easy but it's never going to be easy so you might as well yeah. you know you might as well just try and and just accept that this is this is going to be sort of your life if that's the the road you want to head down um yeah like it's yeah it's it's just something that i i guess comes up more and more for for sort of you running my business um, seeing that, seeing that like doing well, isn't, isn't, yeah, going to make it any, any, any easier. Um, yeah. you talked about drops and we've talked to other sort of, um, people before that do sort of that drop model, um, where basically, um, this is just for the listeners who don't understand it is, is I guess it was really pioneered by like sneaker heads and sneakers where, you know, you waited for a certain time and then all the stock just sort of released at that point. And then you'd have to wait for a little while longer again till the next drop. Do you still sort of follow that drop model or now are you more of a, of like a retailer where at any point you can just buy different um, items of clothing? Um, look, I'd say that we are a little bit of both. Um, we still, you know, if I ever do a shoot, everything gets done at the one time and then that will all drop on a specific day. Um, I also like to take a little bit of time. Any sort of drop I do has a accompanying like campaign with it. Um, just to give, um, my audience a bit more of a, you know, personalized feel that they can see a video of models wearing the clothing and it's, it's just a little bit better than just, you know, putting things up on the website. Um, COVID, unfortunately, has been really um, just a bit of a, you know, a mess, I guess I would say, for businesses everywhere, um, which, has let, which has meant that we can't um, do as many photo shoots as we've wanted to. Um, not only that, you know, freight prices have gone up. Um, you know, my wholesalers and suppliers they didn't have as many stock at the beginning um of the year so it really just put a little bit of a stopper on what we could do but no still definitely dropping clothing as they come and then also if we have a big range that we want to promote i'm actually going up to byron bay soon so hopefully we will have a campaign come out of that as well and that should be up soon yeah wow um that's a good segue into my next question around so you're a retailer and that just means that someone else produces the the items of clothing and then you you sell it and make you you mark up that those items right and this is more for the listeners obviously i'm not trying to explain your business model to you (laughs) um (laughs) but but to me the biggest risk there is getting inferior products that don't quite live up to to what you're aiming to do because you're sort of reliant on someone else to really push through good quality and enough volume. How did you handle that? Did you, did you, I mean, you can't really, 
or can you take just their word for, for it if they go, yeah, Talia, you know, we can definitely make that happen and you just go, okay, I believe you or did you have to put in a lot more work <laughs> than that? Yeah, um, I think that's one of my um, our core values is definitely that any of the clothing that I sell on my website is um, 100%, you know, quality assured. Um, as much as we are fast fashion, we're not, we're still slow fashion in a sense. Everything's checked. I try to make sure that all the material that we've got, um, that we use with our garments are of high quality. Um, just because I personally don't like things that are going to break in, you know, two minutes, you want something that's durable and it's going to last. Um, the whole process of me moving up to Sydney meant that I could go into the showrooms and check things for myself, just because you can't really tell too much from an image on a computer or, as you said, like taking the supplier's word for it. Um, at the end of the day, they're still wanting to push their products out. But I guess that's a massive learning curve for me as well. Um, you know, buying a, um, a pack that just didn't sell, that, that sucks. But you just, you roll with it and you take a learning from it, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's you're going to always have things that don't, don't sort of fly or take off. So it's, again, it's just a reality of business. Like you can't always, you can't be perfect all the time. You're, you're, especially when you're saying selling fashion um, online, you're sort of putting a lot of pressure on yourself if you think that it's all just going to work because people have to look at, look at images, make, you know, make an educated guess on how it's going to fit on them and then decide if there's just so many layers. It's not like buying a new phone or something like that where it it doesn't matter so much, like, but everybody's body types are different. How do you, how do you allow for that? Like, do you have a good, like a pretty solid return policy or how do you tackle that side of things? Yeah, um, we definitely do have a returns policy. I think it's one to 30 days. Um, So it's definitely, you can try on the product just as long as, you know, your standard tags and things aren't removed. Um, But to kind of avoid this and alleviate this problem, influencers have been an integral part of my branding as well. Um, And this is just, and I try to get a whole range of sizes and girls um, just so that they can test the product for themselves. And if they like product they'll post up on their social medias and it just gives some my audience that little bit of reassurance and social proof that you know we are here for the consumer at the end of the day and what we're putting out is um trendy affordable and hopefully something that they um love to purchase and enjoy yeah how do you tackle that so do you do you sort of go out and buy a whole say i don't know um, jackets do you buy a whole shipment or a whole lot of jackets first and then start handing them to, out to influencers or do you buy a small batch sort of tested see if that's going to get traction how do you handle that because it's a bit of a chicken or the egg um, at that point isn't it because yeah. Yeah. you can you don't want to have it on social media everywhere and then someone clicks through onto your website and sees that it's not in stock but you don't necessarily want to take all the pressure of you know buying a huge shipment and then hoping that it'll sell as well. How do you how do you tackle yeah. that? Um, I mean, the it depends on the supplier. You can get some clothing on consignment, which means that you know you don't pay for the goods until they sell. Um, that is really that's just been you know crazy for me because 
we don't have much capital to start off with when you're first starting. So inventory and your marketing it will definitely eat at your wallet. Um, so having, you know, clothing on consignment really helps. Um, but also it's just, you know, with business, it's just about taking a risk. Um, you've just got to monitor fashion trends and, you know, what um, other girls, the competition are putting out there, what they're liking to wear, and then also tying that back into um, why we started in the first place, I guess. Hello, Future Tribe. I just wanted to take a break from this episode to talk to you, yes, you, about the fact that you are listening to this episode, but you're not subscribing. So go ahead, hit the subscribe button right now. It really helps us out. I should also ask you to join our Facebook community. There's a link in the description. Check out the YouTube channel for unedited full-length clips of the podcast and tell your friends, ask them to subscribe. If you have any suggestions of who we should try and get on the podcast next and who we should have a conversation with, reach out to us. All our social links and contact details are in the description. That's it from me for now. Back to the episode. What's your competition like? And like, how do they sort of position themselves? How do you see yourself um, in the market? Like, are there really big sort of giants that that um, are very much within sort of a similar market to you or is it fairly, uh, you know, smaller boutiques um, in terms of, and also you only sell in Australia? Um, So we actually ship worldwide. Mm -hmm. Um, That was really exciting when I got a few um, worldly orders, I guess. I got one from the US, we've shipped to New Zealand and also the UK now, which is fantastic. But yeah, I mean, it's the digital age, right? You've just got to grow with the trends and um, new things pop up all the time. You've just got to be on top of them. Um, I'm a huge advocate for TikTok. I just think that you can learn so much off that platform and really just, you've just got to grow with the market, I guess, and otherwise you'll be left behind. Um, but in terms of comp- on competition, the market's always going to be saturated. You've just got to find your unique selling point or your USP to stand out. When I first started as well, it was all in Canberra. So I had quite, there's quite a um, booming, you know, women in business down there as well. And, you know, they're quite supportive. And I think that really helped us grow in the beginning. Yeah, so you tapped into, I guess, tapped into that network um, as much as you you could there. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's heaps of um, pages or social social platforms now. It's all about women in business, and you know, it's a girl sharing their knowledge and empowering others to you know start their start their entrepreneurial journey. Like no more glass ceiling, right? We can do whatever we want. And yeah, just I think that's what you need to grow the community first and. I coming from a small, I guess not country town, Canberra, but we're small. Yeah, I could definitely network around and um, grow that way. And then since moving to Sydney, it's only gotten bigger, um, and so I'm pretty excited to see where it goes. Yeah, that that's awesome. That's really exciting. Um, what sort of marketing? So you've talked about influencer marketing or using influencers. Has that really been your your main way of marketing, or have you spent money on say Instagram, Facebook, what, what, what's your approach been to marketing? Yeah. Um, well, basically, you know, since I have started, I had to learn a lot of skills for myself. 
Um, influencer marketing is one thing. Um, don't take them for granted. You know, we really need influencers these days. They are selling our product and they are doing it well. And they also have, you know, a reliable audience that love them and love what they have to say. So I definitely think that is key and very integral to business. Um, but of course, the other one and the big one is um, digital paid ads. So you know, Facebook and Instagram now, you need to learn Facebook business manager. You should not be boosting your posts. I don't know if anyone still does that, but please don't boost your posts. You need to get Facebook business manager. And I think Facebook business manager has a, um, a free course now as well. So you can just go on there and learn as much as, as possible. Yeah, there's so many, so many places, so many resources that you can access nowadays to just learn whether it's directly from Facebook or, and I don't think you should necessarily have to pay people. I think um, a lot of people make not the mistake, but think that paying for courses um, is going to get them results. But in reality, it's the execution. And and you've touched on that a number of times. It's actually the doing and how you do it um, that's going to get you results, not necessarily the feeling that you're doing it, um, which I think some people just trick themselves into thinking, oh, I'm spending a lot of money on these courses I'm doing. Well, you're not really, you're just sort of paying people to ingest some information. And it's more important what you do with that information than necessarily um, the fact that you got the information in the first place. What, what do you think about that comment? Do you agree? Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, you know, you have the power to learn just as much as any agency or digital ad agency can do for you and they will charge you so much more but um, if you have the right mindset you can definitely learn all these skills and upskill and you know it could lead you to future opportunities as well. Um, I love learning personally and I thought that if and someone else can do it why can't I? Um, and yeah, I've done run all that myself. I think I met a guy who showed me a couple of things on the site and it's just all gone well from there, really. What's your website based on what platform? So we're on Shopify, um, which is super, super easy to use. And it's also, you can link, you know, your PayPal. And if you have an afterpay integration, it's quite seamless. Plus they have a variety of apps, um, which are super for any sort of retargeting or remarketing. Um, and they can just slip right into your Shopify store. If you use sort of, I think there's like a Magento platform that's quite difficult to use. Um, Shopify, I don't know what they've done over there, but it's, it's really easy to use. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we at Future Theory, um, we build websites for, for clients, um, but for any client who can't necessarily afford to pay us to build something completely custom for them, Shopify is definitely something that we push them to because, yeah, I don't know what they've done, but they've really, really honed in on sort of setting up a website and they're setting up a platform that's quite good, quite easy to manage, but still powerful enough um, that people like you can, you know, it's not going to hinder or limit your business. Um working with Shopify. Um, we've talked about, you know, your little, your successes and what's worked out for you. Um, do any sort of things come to mind that um, you would avoid next time around? Not mistakes per se, but things that, things that you can sort of um, point out to someone listening, thinking of doing something similar to you, um, just tips that you've learned the hard way? Yeah, um, I guess just you need money. <laughs> you need a little bit of capital to start 
just have a little bit of an emergency fund. Um, maybe don't put all your eggs in one basket. So I guess, you know, sometimes things won't sell and that's just, that's just business. I definitely found that, learnt that the hard way, buying a lot of stuff that didn't, that didn't sell and it just sat there for ages. And I was like, wow, great. I'm, how am I going to get rid of this now? Um, but, you know, it's all learning processes and I think I'm still learning. And, you know, when you're in the thick of it, moving forward is um, so challenging. But when you look back, you're like, oh, yes, I did that step, which led me to this step. And it all kind of works out and balances out in the end. I don't think anything's a failure. It's an opportunity. Yeah. None of that stuff. Let's put it this way. If you learn from it and move forward from it, you're never going to turn back and look at those opportunities as things that brought you down. It's where you look at it and, you know, take it too hard, take it too personally is where you can, you would turn back and sort of think about it as, as a, as something that really affected you. But as long as you move forward and sort of learn and apply those learnings, at least that's what I've found. You just look back at those things as little things that, you know, next time around I won't buy as much stock or yeah. remember that time that I bought way too much stock and struggled to sell it. It becomes more of a, more of a sort of a talking point than necessarily a point of inflection that, that um, had you sort of trending, trending downwards. Um, yeah. No, I, that's, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um <laughs> What what are you hoping to do moving forward, looking at the business? Yeah, um, I always have so many plans, you know. Um, I definitely think we're still going to be um, growing the community a little bit more. I am currently in the works of designing a couple of um, clothing items as well. However, I've been saying that for about a year now, but it is coming. It's coming soon. Um, so that's all just sort of on the back burner. But, you know, a new campaign should hopefully be launching once I get up to Byron Bay. I've also got, you know, a social media guru who's going to be sitting down with me and helping me through some of my social tasks just because it's so hard to manage these days as well um, and keeping yourself accountable for posting every day. Um, it does turn into a bit of a chore. But, um, yeah, it, I think the future for Jake is just to keep the traction, keep going where we're going um, and hopefully just launch more and more clothing. Yeah, that's very exciting. Um, you talked about your community. Where, what platforms are you on and are you using specific platforms in, in sort of certain ways to, to sort of tap into those strengths? Um, yeah. 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 So as I, like I said before, TikTok, I, TikTok's only what been around for, oh, I don't even know if it's been a year, but I love TikTok. The platform's great. Once you get past all the, the silly dances and the memes and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you, you actually get into an algorithm. And I found myself on business talk. It's, it's a thing. There's uh -huh. business talk and there's stock talk. So people talking about stocks, there's, you know, all these crazy talks, but I found it super informative. And there's some really, you know, just your everyday people putting up um, tips and tricks and I've learned so much from there just in really small digestible pieces of information um, so I highly highly recommend learning anything through TikTok community um, of course there's Instagram is my main platform um, there's a lot of like I said there's the Canberra based you know community of entrepreneurs but there's also Facebook pages um, and just everywhere around you really like I think COVID's really brought out that drive in people to start something of their own and yeah you can find it you can find inspiration wherever you are 
Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, like we've touched on, there's just so many resources out there. There's so much information that, um, you almost don't have a reason not to do what you're trying to do, but, you know, keeping in mind the realities of like, it doesn't have, you don't have to quit your job to start this. It can all, it can be a side hustle that, that you then use to replace your, um, your main source of income. It doesn't have to be sort of an all or nothing. Um, there's no reason why you can't do sort of what you were touching on working nights, studying during the day, and then fitting in the business around it and seeing sort of how you can go from there. Where can people find out more about you and the J collection and yeah, more about what what to buy and what you guys sell as well. Yeah, um, well, we're main sources on Instagram. Um, we do have a Facebook page as well. Our handle is jake.collection, spelled J-A-E-K-E. <laughs> you got to say it with the correct tone. Um, but we are also <laughs> on Pinterest. We've got a TikTok account now. Um, we do have a YouTube, but nothing much has been posted on there yet. Um, so any social channel, just search for jake.collection and you'll find us. And your website? Um, so www.jake and it's hyphen collection.com. Nice. Awesome. Um, <laughs> are you ready for the top 12? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So top three books or podcasts that you recommend. Yeah. So I, if I'm completely honest, I used to love reading, don't get me wrong, but in recent years, I haven't really read all that much. Um, in saying that I did read Sophia Amoroso. She's the founder of Nasty Girl Vintage. Um, she's kind of similar, you know, similar to most people, I guess. She was a college, well, not similar to everyone, but she was a college dropout didn't really know what to do with her life. She had a knack for thrifting. And um, this was kind of back in the, I think it was the eBay and MySpace age. She was uploading photos and now she's sort of running two really successful businesses. And her book was just all about the highs and lows and, um, you know, not being this entrepreneur that people might think that you should be when you first start. It was, she just started from the bottom um another one that i well that i read as well is just the fashion manual by fashionary um it's basically like a visual guide on how to start your own business um, from a sort of product and branding perspective um so if anyone's ever interested in that i definitely recommend reading that one it will say all the people you're going to meet in the industry as well as you know how to um find suppliers or um you know set the tone for your website and it's all in a visual guide it's really quite nice yeah that's really interesting yeah um is there a third is there a third my third one again is tiktok like i read well there's not much to read but you just learn information from that i'm i'm quite a visual learner as well i can't sit and don't really have the patience to read books these days but anything that's quick easy digestible that will sit in my brain (laughs) yeah Awesome. Um, top three software tools that you can't live without. So can't live without Clavio. Um, so for those who don't know what it is, it's a email and SMS remarketing platform. Um, and basically it makes it easy to send out daily EDMs um, to your client list. I guess. And you can send out, you know, discounts and vouchers. You can do A and B testing on there, see what images work, what don't. Um, And it really just brings back those people that you might have lost business with back onto the store. And it's highly, highly, highly recommend that one. 
Um, another one would be, of course, Facebook Business Manager. This is all your digital marketing tool and where you can do all your paid ads. You definitely need this when you're first starting out. Um, even if you don't put too much money in, you need to have that press that presence um, to, you know, go out to like a cold, a cold audience essentially um, so they know about your business. Um, and then thirdly, I use a lot of apps. <laughs> apps on my phone I love to do everything on my phone so I have an app called Icono Square which is a post scheduling um, tool mm -hmm. so if you're very time poor you can actually the week before plan out what you're going to do um, I use an app called preview to do that you can move around you know how your social feed is going to look upload that onto Icono Square um, and they also give you a bunch of metrics as well you can spy on competitors what their best hashtags are you can see um, your own metrics, what people are liking, how many views, et cetera, et cetera. Hashtag Expert is a great app as well. If you're time poor for hashtags, just download that, type in your niche, whatever it is. It could be women in business and it will come up with a thousand hashtags that you can use and you just click them all, save, upload onto your post easy <laughs> i feel like um those last two like i've heard of both of those before but i feel like you're like talking directly to me because um <laughs> i've been meaning to like really kickstart my um instagram presence again my so my personal social presence um yeah. but it's always a time thing um i do a lot of photography and i have so many i have thousands of photos that i want to share but i always get to this point where I'm like, you know, I've, it, it is a chore, especially when there's just so many other things There's clients that, you know, need to hear back from us partners that we need to talk to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely, I think this long weekend though, silly me, I, I booked in some, um, <laughs> so, a few things on, on the Monday. So I don't have the long weekend properly, uh, but it's an opportunity to download Icono Square absolutely. and, um, preview uh, as well. 100%. And yeah. their um, previews, yeah, great, just because you can customise how you want the feed to look. Um, what else do I use? I use quite a few things for making your stories as well. I think there's an app called, oh, what's it called? Mogo. And it, like, you know, um, did not digitalize. It kind of animates everything that you want to put on your story and they have heaps of templates and things that you can scroll through and add your own posts and photos. Um, I definitely use all of these apps at once. You know, there's so many, I think, that just go through your app store if there's some sort of, you know, um, thing that you're lacking or you'd like to learn more about or you need help with, there's an app for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, such a good tip, <laughs> such a good tip. Um, top three mantras you try and live by. Yeah, so this was, this was a hard one, but there was one that I, um, that I heard recently where it was, if you achieve all your goals, you're not being ambitious enough, so you should always dream big. And that really stood out to me. I was like, damn, you know, that's so true. There's always room for improvement. And I think that you, like, you should be more ambitious and you shouldn't have all your goals met. And there's always something bigger and better to achieve. Um, another one that I, um, I feel very connected to is you're, you are the most valuable um, investment you'll ever make. So that's, you know, whether that's knowledge that you're acquiring or, you know, upskilling yourself on something, the more that you do to invest in yourself, the better the outcome for yourself later on will be. And then one that I read on the internet, it's you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And I think that resonated quite well with me. Yeah. Yeah. Th those are all, uh, yeah, those 
hard hitting, but true, true mantras and things that I, I, this is a thing. I'm not a very, you know, sort of, I'm not the kind of person to rely on mantras, but it, um, but it's sort of something to remember, something to tell yourself when things, you know, get a little bit difficult or even when, you know, you're, you're on Instagram about to post, but second guessing yourself, well, you just got to remember, you just got to do this now. You just got to start. Um, and it's more important that you start than, than, um, necessarily get the perfect photo with the perfect filter up on, on your Instagram. It's just, um, so crucial. Um, top three people you follow and why? and why so the main person that i i don't really idolize too many people but this girl stands out to me just because she is in a very similar boat to how i would say my entrepreneurial journey started out as um so it's jane Liu, and she is the founder of shopo um, she back in the day started her business in 2010 and she was, you know, working for KPMG. She was a financial analyst or something like that. And, um, she decided to quit her job in the middle of the fight, the financial crisis and just start up a online store. And mind you back then, um, people weren't essentially buying online. It was a new thing. She was kind of a she had a first mover's advantage when you paid for ads on Facebook. It was showing it to everyone. There was no cap. And so she really tapped into that market. Um, and I just find her so inspiring um, because she's exactly like me. She just started from nowhere and here she is. She's turning in a revenue of over $60 million a year. Um, that's wow. probably, I think that's even an old figure now. She's probably doing more um, and, yeah, quite mm-hmm. inspirational. Um, other people that I follow, again, these are all TikTok based people, your everyday people, but there is a handle, they're called small business advice. Um, there's this lady called Ko, K-O-H, and, um, she's an ex Google employee and she kind of gives little tips and tricks on how to run, run a website or, you know, how to reach out to customers and just little business advice tips, which I found quite useful. Um, and then another one which I just like to follow is a handle called Product Design. I think, I'm not entirely sure what this lady's name is, but she just goes on about UX designs, so a customer experience, which um, plays a huge part for us. And, you know, you essentially want someone to buy something off your website within three clicks. And she kind of delves into um, the science behind all that and where you should be positioning things on your website. So definitely um, quite inspiring to um, watch her um, put up those tips as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I think the biggest thing, the takeaway from this episode for me is um, just your sort of belief. And, and, you know, I, I believe in that as well is, is one is just getting all this knowledge as much as possible and always sort of be, be learning and, tapping into like using social media. I think people think social media is just like a blanket bad thing when in reality <laughs> it's a good thing if you know what to look for and follow the right people. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is just like knowing and having the right mindset of you just got to, you just got to learn, you just got to push through and you just got to go through and you, you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, people are consuming content so differently these days, just when you think, Oh, you know, that per- there's so many people doing, you know, having a business, a fashion business, or I've seen that so many times. You'd be surprised that no one's consuming content the way you are, and it might be the first time they've ever seen something that you come up with. And, you know, you 
you can be your worst critique, but there's definitely people watching you that are cheering you on, or maybe they're even slightly a little bit jealous, but you just need to push on. And um, my biggest piece of advice is learn as much as you can um, and go for it. What a great, great note to finish on. Um, thank you for your time, Talia. Um, really enjoyed our conversation. 